Shalom Yudim, Shalom Lebenen Noach, Shalom Goyim. It's the evening of the fourth day. Erev Hei Ba'adar, Aleph, Parashas Teruma, Tavshin Pei Dallas, 5784. The evening of the third day, Tuesday, February 13, 2024. You're listening to Phantom Nation, a.k.a. the program program, coming to you from the global target of the rebellion against God. The Jewish people are the target because they're clearly the product of God for the most unusual, unique national history that deserves to be labeled supernatural, since nations are living things, and like all living things, they perish. Major civilizations have lasted some 400 years, then uh, decompose uh, what is happening in the States these days. Uh, It's been 400 years plus since the pilgrims landed at Plymouth Rock. Um, we know this is happening because just I read in the paper today, a boy in some athletic competition for girls competed as a girl and took the championship. You don't have to say any more than that. The country's gone crazy. Some 3,762 years ago, the year was 1,738 years before the coming of Christianity. Uh, God said to Abraham at that time, This is the first recorded words of the Almighty to Abraham in that year. The first sentence contained the commandment to go to a country that God would show him. And here we are in the Christian year, 2024, uh, when Christianity is dying in Western Europe, uh, when four national leaders, the U.S., uh, U.K., Canada, France, all are in agreement that the proper response to the events of October 7 is to award ownership of Judea and Samaria and Gaza to Hamas. The two-state solution is the solution. It's a lie propagated by anti-Jews that in the year 2007, Hamas seized power in a coup d'etat in Gaza. Uh, they took, it, took power from the uh, good Jew killers in Fatah, threw some of them to the deaths off rooftops. Yes, that happened, but it was no coup d'etat. That's the lie. In 2006, the famous reigning expert on the violence here at the time, the Secretary of State, Condoleezza Rice, demanded that elections be held. She was warned, don't do that. And they were held, and the results were plain. The Ishmaelites in Judea and Samaria and Gaza are in favor of Hamas over Fatah. Hamas, at that point, became the legal democratically elected government in Gaza, Only the Fatah guys and their PA jobs and offices refused literally and physically to vacate these offices and, of course, to stop getting their salaries. And Hamas uh, had to violently evict them. And now, post-October 7, the consensus among the leaders of the decadent West is that the proper solution to the continuing violence here is to get the Jews to hand the West Bank over to Hamas the very land promised to Avraham by God 3,762 years ago. Uh, They say this land should belong to the uh, primeval, really antiluvian Palestinian nation. The hostility to Israel cannot be separated from hostility to the Jewish religion. That uh, provincial Israeli dope, Yossi Balin, thought it was possible to rebrand the resistance to Zionism from being a religious clash, which is what it was for a generation before he was born, uh, into, into a political one, which aspiration has so completely failed. In opposition to the anti-Jew consensus of Western leaders, 
who insists that in Gaza there is Hamas and there are the innocent civilians with no connection to Hamas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anti-Semitism also always manifests as lies, and this is one of them, to the detriment of the Jews. And And that's what this consensus is all about. Another lie. Hamas does not represent the innocent civilians and vice versa. The consensus among the Goy leaders, though, does recognize that the PA must be reformed. That's what they're saying. No doubt about it. This is the way forward. They say a new reformed PA. We must reform the Palestinian Authority. Mahmoud Abbas is 89 years old now. So the way forward is to seek out among the ancient Palestinians their cadres, cadres of moderate peace-loving politicians who respect Israel's right to exist. Surely the ancient ones have waiting in the wings the next generation of enlightened, patriotic Palestinian moderates who will replace Abbas and Fatah in a new and improved, reformed Palestinian authority. For sure, this scenario is being pushed by Biden, Blinken, and now another worm of a Jew boy who has just turned up. This one is called uh, Jonathan Finer. He is the deputy to the National Security Director in the White House, Jake Sullivan a swamp creature par excellence, if there ever was one. Sullivan, who entered politics as a uh, Tuchuslecker of uh, Hillary Clinton, as a campaign manager or something, Sullivan was a major player in her disgusting and treasonous smearing of Donald Trump as a Russian agent, accusing him of collaborating with the Russians, which was exactly her crime. Sullivan was also a destroyer of the career of decorated soldier Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, forcing him from his post as National Security Advisor to Trump because Flynn saw Iran as the great enemy, and Sullivan, like Robert Malley, does not see things that way. And now we learn that Sullivan in that post has a deputy named Jonathan Finer, who was ordered to go to Dearborn, Michigan, and soothe the savage breasts of the Muslims there who oppose Biden's support for Israel since October 7. And with him went Samantha Power who wrote a book, Diminishing the Holocaust Because Like Inflated Money, she wrote of eight other genocides that were not at all genocides, nothing like the Holocaust. And for writing that anti-Jew book, Obama put her in the UN as American ambassadress. And together, a month before he left office, they did not veto, as in past decades, such a plainly anti-Semitic text as they did not veto that basically called the former Jordanian-occupied lands the property of the ancient Palestinians and the Jewish presence a criminal, illegal presence. According to this New York Times story, Feiner was out there in Dearborn with Samantha to apologize for anything Biden might have said that made the Muslims unhappy, which basically is any and all support for the Jews who in Islam are the greatest enemies among the infidels, they are the most evil. Every human distemper, greed, cruelty, dishonesty uh, you can think of, the Jews are guilty of it. Biden wants their votes in Michigan, and that is Obama wants their votes, in order to defeat Trump because he is was the most pro-Jew president ever, and Obama is a Muslim. Like Ilhan Omar, who identifies her peoplehood as Somali, not American which is normative for Muslims. Islam is the enemy of nationalism, of patriotism, 
from the Latin patria, fatherland, when Islam demands that a believer's principal group identity is the international congregation of believers, the Ummah, and not some national identity identified uh, by a specific geography and language. The Arabs, remember, were, were into the 20th century illiterate nomads who never learned uh, to settle down and, and work the land, uh, never learned serious agriculture, never learned to stay in one place and develop it. In a word, the Muslims never learned patriotism, which is why all their nation states are as undeveloped as they are. They remain largely tribal and for in, constantly in civil wars of one kind or another. And their Quran even preaches violence and hostility to all infidels, those who refuse to accept the truth that Muhammad was the greatest prophet, a Jewish category of thought, ever, and Islam the correct understanding of the religion of Ibrahim. I learned this years ago, doing some research in Egypt, where I fell in with a group of soldiers on a beach whose officer was a physician whose English was serviceable, pleasant fellows, all of them, uh, who were not long into our friendly chat uh, when he told me that Islam was the correct religion. So, Samantha Power and Finer, uh, this latest addition to the staff in the State Department's Jew Boys section, uh, deputy to the low-life Sullivan, were out in Dearborn, today a growing outpost of the enemies of America, a.k.a. Muslims. What a coincidence, the hometown as well, in the 1920s, of the infamous newspaper, the Dearborn Independent, self-published uh, by Henry Ford, who was as flaky about Jews as Adolf Hitler, whom he admired. Back then, it was Nazi-style Jew hatred in Dearborn. Today, it is Islam-style. And there was uh, Mr. Feiner apologizing to the Muslims for mistakes uh, the Biden administration may have made, misunderstandings, inadvertent wounds of offense to believers in the one true faith. Someday, a historian of Jews in America should devote a chapter to the Jew Boy Department and the State Department staffed by Jewish prostitutes who, in exchange for a well-paid, do-nothing job verbally, stab the Jewish state in the heart at the bidding of their Goy masters. Didn't we just listen to Anthony Blinken last week accuse Jewish soldiers of being inhumane to Muslims who voted for Hamas into power? with no sense of the sheer anti-Semitism of his accusation. Jews are not uh, humane, uh, he, he, he was saying. Jews are not human. They mistreat the Palestinians in an inhumane way. Immediately after 10-7, people said Hamas, those who did what they did, were not human. And here is Blinken at the summit of the Jew Boy Division in uh, the State Department, smearing Jewish soldiers with being inhumane while imagining that waiting in the wings among the Palestinians are a new generation of Marits, who will be not at all like Mahmoud Abbas and Yasser Arafat and Marwan Bargui. The Palestinians are just chock full of, uh, of those who just want a tiny state snuggled up in peace next to Israel. That's all they want. Yeah, right.
And that was master violinist and composer Daniel Javier. Well, uh, the good news, of course, uh, from yesterday is the liberation of two Jews, 160, 170, two men, liberated from the clutches of these sub-civilized predators. It was heartwarming watching the video of the reunions with their families. Also heartwarming uh, is the determination of veterans of this miserable house-to-house fighting that they that we go all the way. Uh, the veterans say, don't stop. This enemy must be 100% killed. What also needs looking at is the uh, building of these tunnels with all their booby traps. I think we lost three more heroes yesterday killed in such a booby trap in that manner. And it's clear that in the construction of these tunnels, the builders expected Israeli soldiers to come in after them. It was their plan to kill Israeli soldiers this way, lure them into the tunnels and booby-trap rooms, etc. And one of the facets of October 7 I found illuminating was the ultimate goal of these masters and monsters of satanic cruelty, uh, which was the climax of themselves being killed by the Jews. This is one heavily screwed up and perverted slice of mankind, these Muslim maniacs. We also learned that the uh, ditzy post-religious kibbutzniks, the communards and the kibbutzim, bordering the Gaza Strip, uh, who were massacred and their homes destroyed, those leftist Jews who flatter themselves on being so nice to the Gazans they employed, sharing coffee and cake with them and asking after their families and their children, not knowing uh, these were also men reporting on details about the kibbutz to their Hamas masters. And not only the layout of the buildings and their functions, uh, the homes, uh, but also the names of the families in those homes, including the names of their children who were to be targeted for kidnapping. I think Israel's PR fails miserably by not exposing the evil of this enemy more than it does to the world. Yesterday, the IDF exposed to the media here the reality of a tunnel uh, and an important computer room for services, I believe, of, of Hamas built right under UNRWA HQ that the anti-Jew director of UNRWA claims not to have known anything about. <laughs> As my book set out to expose the lie of a Palestinian people with political rights to our promised land, so now UNWA is being exposed as a major player in keeping the anti-Semitic lie alive, the lie that the Jews stole Palestine from the Palestinians, driving out 750,000 of the indigenous population when the refugees were overwhelmingly migrant laborers from all over the Middle East. There's nothing Palestinian about them. UNWA has been an employer of thousands and a willing partner with Hamas, the rulers of the Strip. It's a racket. Not only must Hamas be destroyed at all levels of its organization, but the very idea as well of Palestinian refugees. My latest post on Front Page Magazine is about that. The title is Greatest UNWA, Greatest Welfare Scam Ever, and the subhead is The Palestinian Refugees Are Neither Palestinian Nor Refugees. Also, good news, but still not good enough, was the statement two days ago made by the Prime Minister in a public visit to the Yalom unit in the IDF in a public meeting with the Chief of Staff and other important IDF officers and ministers. He said, quote, We want the demilitarization of the Strip. This requires our security control and the responsibility of the entire area west of the Jordan, including the Gaza Strip. Close quote. Good. 
but not good enough. For as usual, the Prime Minister thinks only of security and never of the moral rightness of Jewish control, Jewish ownership of the territory he wants complete control over. <laughs> complete control over has a synonym. It's called sovereignty, a term he cannot bring himself to use. And by not doing so, he plays into the hands of the anti-Jews who believe in the existence of the Palestinian people as the legitimate landlords of the Strip and Judea and Samaria. He doesn't contest that claim. Might not he strengthen our side by debunking the lie of the Palestinian people with a valid claim to our ancestral God-given turf? This is what Oslo did. It validated the lies and bogus claims of Arafat and Abbas on the White House lawn that they too have a legitimate claim to Eretz Yisrael and that Israel is willing to compromise over. That's what Rabin and Perez were there for. Oslo gave Israel's stamp of approval to the lie that is not only against the political ideology called Zionism, but the Jewish religion. Then again, Rabin and Perez uh, were cut from the same anti-Jew cloth as Moshe Dayan, who gave the Jews holiest site in 1967, the middle finger. Not claiming the Gaza Strip, Judea and Samaria, in the name of not only Gentile international law, but the Jewish religion. Hamas is Islam, and it must be combated religiously. The sky will not fall if Israel suggests that a step toward real peace with the Arabs would be their uh, dismantling of their buildings on our Temple Mount and put, taking the parts and rebuilding them someplace else, say, in Mecca. The world will not spin off its axis if official Israel tells the world it is Israel's position that those buildings on our Temple Mount should be taken apart, dismantled. This is our holiest site. We claim nothing in Mecca or Medina or Najaf or any location of significance to Islam in Islamic countries. Not that the Muslims would agree to that, but it might go a long way to strengthening Israel's position in the world as a nation of self-respect.
And that was the energetic Gabriel Hasson. And you're listening to the program program on phantomnation.com. Yeah, Israel desperately needs a PR campaign that speaks the truth in opposition to the fantasies of today's Jew haters who have sprung up like poison mushrooms after a rain. Uh, in Holland, a, a court says five uh, F-35 parts, fighter jet, in a warehouse in that country belonging to the United States should not be allowed to be shipped out to Israel because of, quote, a clear concern that those parts are being used for serious violations of an international humanitarian law. Quote, this is outrageous. How does this court know this allegation is true? Another case in point. In the news, some 1,000 Swedish entertainers connected to the annual Eurovision, Eurovision event to be held in Malmo in May, they all signed a petition to deny Israelis the right to perform there, as they have for decades, and why? Because of Israel's, quote, brutal war in Gaza. Last year, they say, Russia was banned because of its war on Ukraine, and now it's Israel's turn. That the song and dance types cannot see the difference between the two situations should not surprise their metier is singing and dancing, not thinking. What happened on October 7 was an explosion of evil, possibly unprecedented in human history. This was no ordinary massacre. 
Leastwise, I've never heard of such a behavior. History knows cruelty, torture, massacres, but not, I think, the mutilation of the sex organs of the victims or murdering with gunshots uh, by firing into their victims' genitalia. At the Munich Olympics in 1972, the Muslim Fatah kidnappers sneak attacked the Israeli athletes, surprised them in their dormitory, and castrated the weightlifter. Though I do not know if uh, before or after they murdered him. And I ask, who are these people, these Arabs unique on planet Earth? I mean, who else does these things? And sometimes, according to their religious law, what other society uh, these days practices a criminal law in which bodily mutilation is legal punishment? Steal something in Araby and you deserve to have your hand chopped off. Who does this besides these descendants of Ham, son of Noah? Ham, the first sex criminal in history. These witless Swedish entertainers place Israel's, quote, brutal war in the same category as Russia's attack on Ukraine when Israel, unlike Russia, did not initiate its war. Israel's war is a reaction to what the enemy did to Israel on October 7. That ultimately licensed Israel to seek out and destroy every member of Hamas, as one would slaughter packs of rabid wild dogs. On October 7, these Arab Muslims acted as if in a rabid frenzy of mixing the act of procreation, with no consent of the raped woman, uh, mixing it with murder and death, raping female, females from behind, and then shooting them in the head, followed by the humanoid rapist continuing to climax into the corpse. Who does these things these days besides these Arab Muslims that Biden and, and Macron and all of them want to reward with our holiest areas in Judea and Samaria? Hundreds of Jewish girls and women were the victims of these sex-crazed demoniacs, and here are the Swedes complaining about Israel's search-and-destroy mission. They pity and sympathize with the people in Gaza who, in an election in 2006, certified as honest even by the well-known anti-Jude Jimmy Carter, voted for Hamas for their government. One of the current inventions of the anti-Jew mind since October 7 is the insistence by four leaders in the West, Biden, Sunak, Trudeau, Macron, that the people in Gaza are not represented by Hamas. They are innocent civilians. Anti-Semitism always manifests as lies, and this is another one. This one meant to protect the Gaza Muslim community responsible for October 7. And not only the actual male demons with blood on their hands, but the unarmed innocent civilians who followed them into Israel to loot over the dead bodies of the butchered Jews. One can only puzzle why these Swedes are acting this way. For sure, their nation has a history of religious anti-Jew nastiness. Uh, 80% of the country is Lutheran, and Luther was a forerunner of Hitler in his anti-Jew rants. In World War II as well, Sweden officially was neutral, but under the table collaborated with the Nazis. But another factor could be that Sweden began committing suicide when it threw open its doors to Muslims. Uh, and I think it's the days of Olaf Palm. And this is but a continuation of their surrender to Muslims, who have turned their country, once a model of a civilized society, uh, into the murder capital of Europe. In this, the uh, Swedes are not alone in doing this to themselves. England, Belgium, France, and Netherlands are all drowning in a polluted sea of sub-civilized Muslim criminals. And so, perhaps out of fear, the Swedes side with them 
against the Jews in this manner. Uh, maybe someone in Sweden can seek out the originators of this letter and ask what adjective they would use to describe the behavior of the Muslims on October 7. If Israel should be barred because of its, quote, brutal war, how about a word for the Muslim violence? Uh, how would uh, demonic sound? How about diabolical? How about satanic?
And that was Yosef Karduner uh, doing Psalm 105, the first four verses, uh, with apologies at the end to Jimi Hendrix. Okay, that's it for this weekly freebie podcast for those who want three a week, each one costing a minuscule $1.25. Please subscribe at phantom-nation.com. And if you subscribe for a whole year after that, the subscription is free. You might also want to uh, check out what others have called the best book ever on uh, Israel's fight for survival. Uh, It's called Phantom Nation, uh, Inventing the Palestinians as the Obstacle to Peace. It's also called by some a literary masterpiece. Until next week, I'm Shai Bentakoa.